passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is Tuesday, December 26th, still 2023, last time I checked. Got the great Bill Curlick and Mark Porter here with you. You guys missed the first half of the show. We were telling family Christmas stories. The Griswolds have nothing on us, I'll tell you that much. Uh, It never gets, uh, never a dull moment in the holidays. And never a dull moment for your Ohio State Buckeyes on the recruiting trail or on the field, we are actually actually going to get to see the Buckeyes play real football again this week. I was talking to my kids yesterday, and I realized they do actually have another game coming up. You kind of get uh, soft over these over the break with your family and the lack of real football, especially if you're a Cowboys fan. But I digress, and we're not going to talk about Joe Flacco, even though Bill wrote some ridiculous long story he wanted me to read verbatim <laughs> on the show. We're not doing it. But here's what we will do. We have the Cotton Bowl coming up, but we also have some really big announcements coming up in the class of 2025. I want to focus on two guys in particular, the great Devin Sanchez and Christopher Burgess. Bill, can you bring us up to speed why these names are so important right now? Anybody watching the show or listening to the show knows the Sanchez have been part of the show for several months and... Devin's recruitment is theoretically coming to an end. Yeah, January 6th for both of them. Uh, Devin Sanchez, the corner out of the great state of Texas, and Chris Burgess Jr., a 
super defensive end from Illinois, and they are both top of the board, absolute top of the board, Ohio State targets. Ohio State has been recruiting Devin Sanchez for uh, at least seems like forever sometimes because it started so early. Uh, Chris Burgess, he um, he's being recruited by both Ryan Day and Larry Johnson. Um, they both are going to announce January 6th. Uh, they are All-American Bowl announcements. And I got that right. I, I uh, From the days of, uh, seems like way back, it was the Army All-American Bowl. And I, I didn't say Army. That was uh, as I sometimes do. But those, and I just saw the Grand Poobah, a uh, uh, welcome to, to Mark there. Um, but yeah, they're announcing January 6th. And um they're absolutely huge for Ohio State. Devin Sanchez is absolutely as good as you can get at corner. And like I said, at defensive end, Chris Burgess Jr. is a top-of-the-board target. Um, Mark, I'll let you go ahead here in one sec, but I would want to mention this. Um, as everyone says, hello to Mrs. Sanchez. Mrs. Sanchez, if she could not have uh, risen in my eyes any further than when I did a little research – at UTEP, where she met uh, Daniel Sanchez, I assume they met their football player. She ran the 200 and the 400 in track. And I have said this on the show many times. If I were recruiting for the Navy SEALs, I would go to the finish line of the 400 and hand everyone my card. Because that is physical torture. To be a great 400 runner is very, very hard. Because I don't know if you know that some people can sprint for an entire lap, and it's unbelievable. The 400 final would be impressive. Um, so Apple Tree, we see that. Mark, you did a evaluation of Devin. Put it this way, when you look at his evaluation on 24-7 sports, the words ideal and prototype are used in the first sentence. Yeah, and, you know, we were so happy with uh, Aaron Scott and Bryce West because they were big, tall, long corners and rated, you know, the best in the country. Sanchez might be like a little bit hair above those guys because he's got everything they have and maybe a little more speed. Um, it, it, it's tough when you watch film to exactly know which one's the best of that trio, but they are like prototypical long. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if all three of those guys were ever out there, you know, slot and both sides. Boy, I wouldn't want to be the receivers on the other side. It, it, it's a nice man-to-man. -man you could really play some press man with those guys. It frees up that defense so much, and the, the safeties over the top, how you can play them to have corners that can do that type of stuff. I mean, they're, they're – I always say this about long corners. They're like safeties playing corner, which is a compliment where they come up and tackle, they come up and hit. Um, you get a little linebacker feel out of these guys sometimes, you know, like – they're, they're all special. Bill and I, we've said this a million times, quit comparing everyone to Marshawn Lattimore. All three of them have. They're taller, though. Yeah, all three of them have, like, things that you can say, oh, boy, they're comparing to those type of players or the Jalen Ramseys, the long length. Um, and, you know, as I watch, and this just might be a scout talking, as I watch more football, length shows up. It, it just does. It, it's, it's something where you see balls tipped and deflected. You see guys jumping through the air. And by inches, literally an inch, these guys are tipping balls. And it's just a theory that a lot of scouts have that by the length, and it'll show up in your game. Also, if you, if you watch football now, 
especially in the NFL, everything's about versatility and matchups and, you know, watching the 49ers and the Ravens play, you see just like you have to be multiple. I don't know if they could do it early on in their career until once they get a little man strength, they can guard tight ends at that size. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to sub in the slot. You can just rotate those guys or slide one down, one the other. You don't have to man up. The idea of having Scott and Sanchez out there at the same time in the Ramsey body is just kind of hard to even get your mind around in a good way. Um, Bill, obviously we feel good about the commitments. Can you size up where they are in terms of competition on both fronts? Well, um, with Sanchez, I have him crystal ball to Ohio State, so that sizes it up pretty well. I, I like Ohio State's chances there. Uh, Burgess is tougher. I mean, um, I, I think it likely comes down to one of three schools in no particular order, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan. I think those will be his three finalists. And um, uh, the early vibe was Notre Dame had the edge or Michigan had the edge. And that may still hold true, but I think it's going to be a tough decision for him. Um, I'm not, we are, you know, uh, a little over a week out, about a week and a half out from those announcements. And I'm not convinced that uh, Chris Burgess Jr. knows exactly which school he's going to pick right now. Um, But I do think it'll be one of the three. And um, I think it's going to be a very close, hard fought battle. Uh, a good example is if, if Ohio State didn't think they had a realistic chance, Ryan Day and Larry Johnson, in case Larry Johnson visiting his school not that long ago, and both Ryan Day and Larry Johnson were FaceTiming with the family of Chris Burgess Jr. just the other day, Friday, I believe it was. So if they didn't think they had a realistic shot, uh, they wouldn't be taking an hour out of their day to do that. Buckeye Gordon brings oh, Mark. Let's do this real quick. Buckeye Gordon brings up an interesting point here, and this is something I want to address just right off because this has become, and justifiably so, it's a wild time to be covering recruiting, following recruiting with the portal and everything like that. Buckeye Gordon says, for those of you on the pod, hard to get excited about 2025, a year before signing day. A verbal is as good as the paper it's written on. That sounds accurate. Unfortunately, it's not. Uh, Jeremiah Smith was committed for, I believe, 367 days. He was the most recruited player in the country. He is a Buckeye. Uh, Bill talked about Chris Burgess. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Wherever Devin Sanchez commits to, he'll arrive, okay? I don't think the Sanchez's, based on everything we've seen here, would have their son go through this process to make a commitment here if he wasn't ready to commit, Um that's just my opinion. I have a feeling there'll be some feedback on that. Mark, your thoughts? And can, I, can I add one thing to that real quick? You Dan? can add I've Dean. Several, you are the Dean. <laughs> so I've had several recruits um, tell me uh, that they're not making a commitment right now to any school just for that reason, that they want to be absolutely sure of their decision before they make an announcement. So it does happen in the reverse order. Kids won't make announcements because they don't want to end up going back on the There are those kids out there that want to make one announcement and stick with it. So they're going to wait until they're hundred percent sure. I don't think kids commit to uncommit. They keep in mind, it's a really tough process and 
there's a, I mean, it's a lot on the line for these kids. It's, it's a big deal and things change. I, I will say if the Sanchez's are recruited by someone, that guy leaves the staff or, you know, there's some other major change. You, you got to do what you got to do, man. I, I don't, that, that part, I don't have no problem with Ohio state is offering enough as a destination that there'll always be interested players. You don't want guys coming here who are half cocked anyway. Go ahead, Mark. Um, I, I agree with it. I think the only thing that changes this, you know, is this stupid NIL money. Um, what'll happen is there, there'll be a record deal that's out there today and someone will up that record deal and players like Sanchez are at the, at the end of the spectrum where they're the record deal type players. And, Maybe they get wind of another corner that's getting a deal. And, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that could, you know, play a hand in this. And you don't want to say, like you're saying, a coach leaving. There are factors. Bill always says never say never. I'm so cynical. I hate to do that. But we saw it on signing day this year. A lot of last-second Hail Marys thrown by bags of money to pull people away. And it it, it gets confusing. So no, that's we'll deal with that later. We're going to deal with that plenty. Uh, Burgess. Uh, checking his film out, uh, a lot like Elias Rudolph from Taft or Hightower, but a little more raw, maybe a little more length, you know, has some get off. Uh, but I think this is the type of player that Ohio State, I don't want to say that they fell to him, but they've lost some defensive linemen, maybe wasn't their first choice. This is the type of defensive lineman that usually goes somewhere else and ends up in the NFL. Um, he's got, I could just see it on the film. There's so much meat left on his bones to develop. His body looks skinny. He looks like he's playing a lower level of competition at times. There's all those markers that would usually throw maybe an Ohio State off. Like, ah, we don't have to take that chance. Where a second-place school who got him would say, boy, we just stole something. All these other guys were scared away by X, Y, and Z. And this could be a first-round defensive end in a few years. It just wasn't maybe as highly touted or maybe on the radar soon. But as I'm looking at it, yeah, the length is there and the get-off is there. Playing multiple positions is there. The versatility is there. Uh, I would I would hope we could sneak this player in as I'm watching it. Yeah, Bill, they're obviously higher on him than the ranking. I mean, Devin is ranked like a 98, but I think Burgess is only a 90, so you wouldn't expect this much geekery around it. But they obviously have found someone they love. Absolutely. You know what? I didn't. I didn't really look at the twenty-four-seven ranking. I know, you nailed it. That's why I'm kind of saying I could. I could feel that maybe there was a lower ranking on this kid, and those were the factors that I would ding him for, so to speak. Like, boy, maybe if he. We always do this in Ohio. If he played at San Xavier or at St. Ed's, what right. would he be rated? If he played at Connaughton Valley or somewhere you've never heard of, uh, his ranking's much different. This I have never be- heard of Connaughton Valley. Go ahead. <laughs> There you go. I picked a good one then. You did. You I, nailed I, I, it. Play in Ohio. Made, I think you made it up. <laughs> the best part about that Connaughton Valley field is there's literally a railroad track and corn fields and uh, cow right behind the stands, right on both end zones. It's a big, huge, like, valley where you're looking down. It's a scenic, great place. If you that I have it. seen. Yeah. If you, you go, go to, to cold, if you go to cold water, if you go to cold water and watch a game, you can see you some livestock from the stands. There you go. Yep. They, the, the livestock watches the game down there. But, yeah, it, it's really a cool place, cool high school setup for a small school. Sorry to digress. No, we, we've like, said no, this no, Bill, we, I have we, to call time out here. Okay. I think I just read the greatest post in the history of the site. Shocker, who wrote it? UTEP's 400 specialist. <laughs> 
He go. knows what he wants, he being Devin Sanchez, and we are supporting. Everyone had the same opportunity to recruit. One has done a better job doing it. We are not chasing NIL. We are chasing the best position room. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling meeting new friends or just even to master a new skill but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes that's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Not the best position, the best position room. That implies a global understanding of how you get better. Um... Not to mention, Ohio State has done a decent job at attracting guys who catch the ball. So if you were going to go to practice and work against guys when your job is to keep them from catching the ball, it would then make sense that Ohio State would be one of your preferred destinations. Okay. Um, Iron sharpens iron. Holy crap. There are some people saying some really terrible things on here. Sorry about that. Um, once, once, uh, Maryland, Maryland, that's a Freudian slip for you people out there. Once the Michigan game went down, we've had a lot of new friends in the chats and the pods. I don't know if you guys have noticed it's been good for advertising dollars, but their language, geez, these, these people from up North are just a little bit aggressive for my taste. But anyway, I digress. Cotton bowl time from each of you. I would like your realistic expectations for Devin Brown. Bill, go first. Well, I think you know, from everything I've been told is that practices have gone very well for him. Now, 
when the bullets start flying and the lights come on and all that, it's a different, it's a different animal. So we don't know, you know, you can be a great practice player and not have a good game or not just be, a, you know, the, the guy that gets it done in games. But I still think we're going to get at least a solid performance out of Devin Brown. I think you're going to see him run a little bit too, um, which not a lot. Ryan Day doesn't do that with his quarterbacks. He doesn't have a lot of uh, designed runs a la Braxton Miller and Urban Meyer and that. He, does, he just doesn't do that. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of that, but I think you're going to see some. You saw the Devin Brown package uh, in, in the 10-yard uh, line on in package before he got hurt. So I do think you're going to see that some, and I like that. I like the opportunity for the quarterback to do some running. Um, I think if he can complete 55 to 60% of his passes and, and run uh, effectively when called upon to do that, make plays when he has to, I think you're going to get that type of performance is, is my prediction. Time out, Mark. Uh, Rob Schaller checks in with some track angst. 400 bar at the collegiate level to 1600 meters is a sprint. I'm not saying this is a fact, but I ran a little bit of track in my day and the distance runners don't like the sprinters and the sprinters don't like the distance runners. And what you've got here is some angst from a miler who spends much, has to spend much more time doing it and the race is longer and they think they deserve more credit, but we digress. Mark, your thoughts on Devin Brown. Uh, Bill hit on the major points. I think the design runs, that design package, you'll see some of that. I think maybe just to test it out, you know, I would hope, I would hope you get a little more counter tray. I mean, we kind of set up for that in our backfield with the zone run scheme. So you, it'd be nice to see that. I, I hope we get a little keen holds. Maybe we get a series or two of them. Um, I'd like to see them kind of take this game as the leap board in the spring ball, you know, like uh, in, I look at it almost like if Devin Brown has this outstanding game, well, you have your starter going in the spring ball. If he has any sort of, I threw a five-yard hitch into a dirt, I held it too long, and I got sacked two or three times, this, you know, these fans will be all over this. And, you know, who's our starter going in the open competition? Do we bring someone in? He can really give everyone a, a calmer sense of the quarterback position at Ohio State if he goes out there and, completes 80% of his balls and, you know, has one of those days where, you know, he's just peppering Marvin Harrison left and right and everything's accurate. He could really maybe grab a stranglehold on the job if he runs the ball well. And that's what, you know, people thought we were lacking and they see the feet and the buying the time and the, the plays that are uh, extended and he, you know, makes things happen. If those things are within his possibility with the legs. Uh, I, I've been kind of interested to see him all year. I, I mean, I, Spring ball, I don't think we ever got enough behind the scenes of what he was actually doing that didn't get him the job. But again, uh, this quarterback position is definitely a hot-button issue. So if he wants to put out the flames, he's got to go put up or shut up. He does seem to have the personality and presence to deal with it, but the kid is under a ton of pressure, man. I don't care anyone tells me. The first time he he sails the ball out of bounds, people will be like, put in Keenholz. Where's Will Howard? Why didn't we recruit? Uh, Dylan Gabriel. Go ahead, Bill. Um, one thing I think Ryan Day did not get enough credit for was uh, a year ago, how prepared Ohio State was for Georgia. I think Ryan Day did a great job of having that team prepared, ready to play, and they went out and played really well. Um, you know, some people talk about his record in the college football playoff, whatever. 
But hey, that team was extremely well prepared. They were the better team, in my opinion, that night, except for one targeting call that changed the game. And if he has them at all near the level of being ready and prepared to play as they were that game, they're going to be just fine. And I think he'll have Devin Brown ready to ready to play and prepared. I think we covered this with Sanchez. That that's just kind of angst from uh, Milers. Let's just say this. The reason people are sprinters is because they can be. Okay, let's be honest. You'd be a sprinter too when you ran the 1600. They don't talk about your uh, mile time. They talk about your 40 time. Okay. It's the sexy uh, approach is the sprinters. Trust me. Your boy ran the hundreds. The one thing I could ever do with any, if any, I wanted to be a football player. So they told me to go train for track and I was better at track. And that really was not an enjoyable thing, but running a straight line is easy for me, at least. Yes, Bill. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do this. Do you have any other great concerns about Missouri? We really don't know a ton about Missouri. I think the, the thing most people cite is how close they played Georgia um, when they talk about them. And I haven't really done a deep dive on them from a personnel perspective. They actually have a couple guys sitting out. Some of their better players on defense are hurt. Do you see them as a major uh, opponent here? Or do you uh, think this is a good time for Devin to get on the field, Mark? Yeah, it's a good time for him. I and I should have probably brought that up when I was talking about him, but if he had a big game, the first thing people are going to say is it was Missouri. Yeah, you know, like exactly. if we don't bury Missouri, um, you're you're going to hear it from the fans. I, I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect Missouri has anywhere near the four or five stars if you did a deep dive on the roster and compared them. I think they're a three star, two star program. Uh, you know, a low, I think they'd be more in line with an Indiana if they were in the Big Ten or something like that. So, you know, they had a great year. You know, they got a little something behind them, and that's why they're in the game. But, boy, they're, they're, they should be nervous about what they're about to face. And, and, Bill, that was a great point about how having four weeks to prepare. Advantage Devin Brown. You're getting all the reps for four weeks, all the planning, all the attention, all the babying, all the, hey, don't worry about that. We'll correct it. You've got days to get that out of your system. You may see a great game out of him, but you know, where it may be the game plan and the opponent as much as anything. I've always said this, and I just said it over Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner to someone. The Ohio State quarterbacks have an unusual amount of time to throw against most of their opponents, so much so that a lot of guys can get comfortable back there. So it's those two games a year when there is no comfort, when the guards are getting pushed back into your throwing motion, the tackles are closing down and you feel it like this, you're in that telephone booth back there. That's when we find out who our quarterback is, not when you're, you know, standing with plenty of cushion. And it's an interesting game because, you know, my prediction before the season was that Ohio State would unfortunately lose to Michigan and then beat Michigan in the uh, playoff championship game. Obviously that's not going to happen, but I want to tie together two points, kind of what Bill said and what you said there is that, the Georgia team that Ohio State faced last year, and I really don't know if this is up for debate, was better than anyone this year. That was a loaded team. Um, the Jalen Carters of the world were still on that team. The Nolan Smiths of the world. Um, their performance, Ohio State's performance in that game was memorable to me because, yes, at the end of the year at Michigan in the cold, I was worried. You know, there's a war of attrition there. But you give Ohio State a month off to get healthy, 
to get onto a neutral field that's usually turf. Um, and you're going to see a natural talent matchup. And so keep in mind, Ohio State was severely limited to skill positions in that game. And still, as Bill said, should have won had there not been a, you know, a BS targeting, non-targeting call. And then they only missed a field goal. So at the top level that you're going to get of any level of football over the last few years, Ohio State was arguably better than Georgia. So that's – I do think it really matters this month of, like Mark said, the amount of time guys get to – quarterbacks get to work. The young guys get to practice. The coaches kind of get to reset. You know what I mean? You go back to basics a little bit, and you're just healthier. Their bodies – the time off for the bodies get everyone back to health. And I am I am so big on injuries and how much the effect injuries have on a football season – like, I honestly believe if you had started the season for Ohio State and they didn't have to play any games, and then you put them on the field with Michigan, I think they would have won rather easily because they would have been all fresh, nobody hurt, um, full roster at your disposal. I think that's why NASCAR has the championship right the first race of the year, so nothing, there's no attrition. Um, I, I think you, you in the NFL, I, I fall, you call that the Derrick Henry effect, where his biggest games have always been coming down the stretch where – Defenses are beat up and defenses are tired and everyone's got bruised shoulders and no one's moving as fast and offenses explode. And I think you're right, that that attrition, but a four-week reprieve to get healthy and fresh, you're playing them, you know, it's it's 100% on 100% and you sh- and Missouri shouldn't stand a chance if they're in that scenario. Even if they're 100% with us, it shouldn't be the same. All right, let's take some questions here. A lot of people are trying to ingratiate themselves with the Sanchez's. Okay. That's our game. I think they're kind of taking that. Oh, there. this is a guy to know. Missouri does have Luther Burden. Bill, didn't Ohio State recruit Luther Burden? And yeah. Do you remember anything about him? Tell the yeah, people he, a little about Lou. Yeah, he's, uh, he was one of the top uh, wide receivers really in the country. I mean, he was recruited by Ohio State, and if <laughs> – that says it right there. If, you, if you're getting recruited by Ohio State at wide receiver, you're good. So, yeah, that's a good point that, uh, you know, he is a good player, no doubt. He's le- yeah, he's legit. All right, Mark, question from Mark. With regard to quarterback mobility, with Braxton being 10 and McCord being a 1, that's a little harsh. Let's say McCord with an ankle injury because the kid's a decent athlete. Where would you rank DB? I'm assuming that's Devin Brown. Uh, boy, about a 7. That's exactly what I was going to say. Everyone's yeah. – I watch Family Ties. If you watch it, when in doubt, X equals seven. Go ahead. But that's about what he is. He's, I mean, until we see him open it up and other people, DBs trying to run him down, you don't, you don't know if he's got an extra gear. Um, and maybe you give him that eight. But Braxton was certainly a 10. Braxton was a 4 4, 40 yard dash type player, maybe lower, you know, depending on who's holding the watch or whatever. Um, if, if Devin Brown's four six, that puts him as a seven eight on the scale you're presenting. You know, which that's some wiggle too. Yeah, I mean, if he's a legit four six or four seven, that's really flying. I mean, there's a lot of receivers, you know. So I, even if you even if he was slow on the slower end and a legit four eight, that's still faster than a lot of tight ends. And that's out in the open field. That's not bad. I mean, it's not going to run away from linebackers all day against good teams. But you know, I, I give him a pretty good uh, stab at that running. 40 times, um, and I've said this on the show, when I used to cover high school sports, the best high school I covered, the coach would not give you 
They're 40 times because he said, we do real 40 times here. And it makes our guys sound slow. If you run a 4-4-0, you're borderline 4 by 100 team in the Olympics. I'm serious. Yeah, I I did a breakdown of like the 40 times when uh, Knight came into Maslin with the lasers. And nobody could break 4 or 5 on the laser. The only guys that were getting close weighed like 147 pounds, yeah. 151 pounds. They, they were featherweights that were built for track, not built for running between the tackles and, you know. So when you get these bigger guys that run those crazy times, that's when you see how special they really are. And yeah, you put pads on those guys that are 150 pounds. They're not quite as quick. Well, right, boy, that yeah. is that is such a great point about the extra weight and how much it affects a 40 time. And who can, you know, a lot of times guys can run their 40 time with pads on because they're strong body. Like a Debo Samuel, it doesn't oh, matter dude. if his pads are on. He is I can't strong, get over how strong that guy is. Yeah, like his 40 time might be slower without pads. I don't know. There's some, but there's some guys you throw pads on them and it just does not add up. Yeah. I cannot get over Debo Samuel. And I'm sorry the to digress drip here. Off, they drip off of that man. Did they you have... see the play last night, though, when he caught the ball in the flat? And Humphrey, Marlon Humphrey hit him square in the face, man. And he was like, I'm yeah. out. I'm not, Debo Samuel might be the baddest dude in the league. The, the and I hate the 49ers. And the hip strength. I, I mean, hate the 49ers. And I hate the Eagles. I want to yeah. say that on the record. It's hard to quantify yeah. hip strength, core strength, but you Debo see it when people too. drip off you like water. Why didn't we recruit Debo Samuel, Bill? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Good Lord. South Carolina? That guy is unbelievable, man. Wow. Anyway, okay, let's finish with this. Bill, and this is going to be – we'll talk about this too. Let's actually talk about this real quick. With the transfer portal, you're not going to get anybody to say anything great this week from Ohio State. you got to just hold your horses for a little bit longer. There will be rumors out there, but no one's going to uh, – transfer or, or verbally commit right before the bowl game, there will be for each team and all these bowl games, as they start to go, those teams play their games. Afterwards, you'll start to see the trickle out effect of all these teams and Ohio state will fit in there, but you're not going to really know during the week. That's, that's not just not the way uh, it's played. Jermaine Runnels asked great questions and I will end it with this Kansas state rumor quarterback, Will Howard of the Buckeyes Let's try that again in English. Rumor is Will Howard on the Buckeyes radar. Is there a truth, William? And would it upset the QB room in your opinion? Obviously, Will Howard is a, I want to say grad transfer. He's feel like he's been around forever from Kansas State. Kind of a dual threat type. Has won a lot of games at Kansas State. He actually holds some records there, Bill. Your thoughts? Have you heard it? Do you think they'll go after a quarterback? Blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm going to go back. Um, well, I'm going to start with. I've said this for a long time. Mark Pantone is as good as it gets in the business, and he does a fantastic job. He's got a very big radar screen. <laughs> um, he does a fantastic job of uh, giving the Ohio State staff options of finding guys, uh, getting them on the, you know, having them on the radar screen, letting the coaches know, et cetera. And he's got a big staff that helps him out. Yes, absolutely. Will Howard has been on that radar screen. I have said from the beginning when the McCord first transferred, I said there's two names. There was a lot of talk about Cam Ward. Uh, I said no. The, the two names to keep in mind were Riley Leonard 
and Will Howard. I said in the case of Riley Leonard, keep his main name in mind, but realistically, he's going to Notre Dame. And that's he has gone with a commitment to Notre Dame. And then the other one was Will Howard. Uh, there was early on, I, I think maybe a crystal ball or two on Will Howard going to USC. And I'm not saying that that can't happen. It could happen, but uh, he has been on Ohio State's radar screen, and he's someone I, – I said it again, um, I think it was on Friday in an article that I wrote, uh, keep in mind the name of Will Howard in regards to Ohio State. Do I think that that is a uh, done deal to Ohio State? No, I don't. But he's on the radar screen, and he is the guy to keep in mind as far as quarterbacks, providing they decide to go in that direction. So, yeah, that's a name that you should have on on your – mind and you should keep on your mind moving forward we'll see what happens and by the way uh he's a down he's from he's from pennsylvania he's at kansas state right now but he is from uh downington west high school in pennsylvania which is uh out in the eastern part of pennsylvania so he is a suburb yeah, I think that's a Philly suburb, technically, like Doylestown area. I don't know that. Yeah. Too, it's close so, yeah, to so he, that's not a kid that's that's coming that's as a West Coast kid. Like uh, Kamari Ramsey was a West Coast kid all the way. It was going to be so hard to get that kid uh, to come to Ohio State, and ultimately USC won out. Uh, NIL was also highly involved there. But uh, in the case of Will Howard, it's not a case of where you've got to pull somebody uh, – out of the deep south or out of the far west and get them to come to the midwest he is originally a big 10 region kid the oracle's concerned that um will howard had 24 touchdowns and 10 interceptions i'll tell you what he wasn't doing and that's throwing the ball to uh two first round wide receivers and a uh, you know a second round third round tight end um i'm not worried about that i do find it interesting that will howard is considering possibly two schools and those schools quarterbacks are coached by Lincoln Riley and Ryan day, whose track record for picking quarterbacks is decent on, on both sides. Um, all right. I think we've done it. Uh, looking over here. There's just some, here's another note about you. Uh, you lurkers, you tend to show up at the end of the show. Uh, the good people are here early. You people get on here with your kooky. Good Lord. I'll tell you what, though. We appreciate the patronage. It has definitely helped add revenue. We appreciate these two guys stopping by. We have Steve Hellwagon and Pat Murphy out in uh, Texas. They will be giving you all the information as the run-up to the Cotton Bowl starts. And uh, we will hopefully have all the information on recruiting and transfer portal love that you can get. These guys will be back on Thursday. Hope you had a great holiday. Have a good one. Bye. win your fantasy football league it starts right now the offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition we'll help you win your league on the fantasy football today podcast part of cbs sports podcast network fantasy football today has three episodes every week following the latest news giving you early rankings early sleepers breakouts and busts 
So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found.